0: Recording in progress.
1: Welcome to the second season of the now Strategos podcast. Strategos is a Greek term which roughly translated means generalship and it is part of the origin of the English word strategy. My name is Britton Jacobson. I own a few entrepreneurship endeavors, work a full-time W-2 job and enjoy learning. I appreciate you being here. Let's get into the episode. Let's dive in. There's no, no reason not to. Um, welcome oh. to the podcast. Thank you so much for reaching out. Um, I was excited. It's normally I have to do all the work. And uh, so thank you for uh, being willing to, to try that out. Um, basically, well, actually, I wanted to start with asking, you know, we obviously connected over on the Rella Social Slack group, which for those that don't know, Rella Social is a, uh, it's a social media management tool that a content creator um, and a couple other individuals have been building out for the last year, year and a half or so. And they just launched about know, a month and a half ago or so. And I joined the Slot group, um, A, because I've got the podcast and I was curious, like in terms of how some of the pieces of the business work. And then also because I have a small, you know, a small candle company. And so we use like a lot of, you know, we do posting on social media and stuff. So I was curious from that standpoint. Even though i myself am not necessarily an influencer which is what rela is focused on um so how did you i'm curious i wanted to ask like how you got connected with rela and how you found out about rela
2: yeah so i was following a different influencer and she had posted about it on the launch day And so I clicked on it, because I like to click on things and explore. Uh, So I clicked on it. And I was like, Oh, this actually might be super useful for me because I, I do food, Instagram, food, social media, um, content creation, but I really started taking it seriously a couple months ago and it was just getting really overwhelming for me to like keep track of all of the different stages of like the content creation process. So I was kind of willing to try anything since I've been, since I don't really have a process Um, and I'm kind of like getting to one. So I tried it out, I really liked it. And then there was a Slack group and I was like, okay, cool. Let me like connect with other people. Networking is fun, helpful, you know, that whole, whole deal
1: how, how has that gone? I'm curious, like, as, as someone who's like more on the influencer side, how has the experience been interacting with Rella and like how, you know, I mean, an unofficial review, I suppose, but I'm more just curious, like the pros and cons and like what your experience has been like.
2: Yeah. So I actually really enjoy it. I mean, obviously it's new, so not every feature that everyone wants is there yet. Um, and there's, it's an iterative process. So obviously there's a lot of things that it can't do yet, but it's getting there. Um, but overall, I really like it. I like that I can keep track of all the different platforms in one. Currently I'm only using Instagram and TikTok, um, but it's really nice to be able to see like in a calendar, all the content that I have planned for the month. And then like within that, you can put your your actual content, like your video, reels or your photos, and then you can write your um, captions and then have your hashtags, all of that. Put a schedule date and it notifies you. And I really like that it's all in one place. And then there's like a bunch of other features. Like there's a goal section, love goals. Um, I feel like a lot of people do. It's just nice to like be able to keep track of those. Um, there's notes, all sorts of stuff. Um, but overall, I'm really liking it. I still use some other tools that I've been using just because Rella doesn't have everything that I need for my process. Um, but I think they'll get there eventually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, uh, it's interesting seeing uh, parts of the roadmap and, um, and how they're planning on tackling all of it. Um, it's very interesting. Okay. So I feel like I should do obviously a little bit of an intro. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, Mira Patel. Am I pronouncing that correctly?
0: Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. Perfect. Cool. Um, and your Instagram is, uh, well, Instagram and TikTok is shorty conquers the kitchen. Um, yeah. and according to your bio, it's cause you're five, two and, yeah. um, Basically, the way that you just desc- when you reached out, the way that you described kind of what you're up to is a uh, food content creator, and the cooking style is fusion foods and the concept of intuitive cooking. Um, mm-hmm. and then the kind of brief definition you gave was uh, intuitive cooking is the idea that anyone can cook because we can all tell the difference between good and bad food. So, right. all right, so I'm curious, you know, you mentioned um, right off the rip when you we were just chatting that you were you only started taking. The, you know the the content side of it seriously, or I mean, as in you know professionally, Mm -hmm. I should say, um, in the last couple months or so, what what were you doing before slash why were you doing it um, in the first place?
2: Yeah, so I started this in um, 2020, I think. It was just a platform where I just shared food that I made, but I was. I started the podcast in
1: 2020 as something to do. Yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. So I. So I started in 2020, but I was still in college. So I was super busy with like school, all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't very consistent. I still really enjoyed cooking. I did it all the time. I just didn't necessarily have the time to sit here and like have a content strategy and post consistently and come up with recipes. Um, So it was more of just like a, I'll post when I come up with something that I wanna share. Um, And then when I graduated last May, I was settling into working and I moved and it was just very chaotic in life and I wanted to get into it. It still was just at that phase where everything was new transitional phase. So I didn't really have the time to dedicate to doing it the way that I wanted to. But then in November, once I got settled finally, and life kind of slowed down, I was like, okay, now is when I'm going to take this seriously and do what I want with it, which was be consistent and grow my following and share what I wanted to share.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So then how did you decide or niche down, I should say on the intuitive cooking and, you know, fusion foods component of it. And like, what's it, let me start with like, what's fusion foods. And then we'll talk about the intuitive cooking part.
2: Yeah. Um, so I use fusion food very loosely okay. Um I've been cooking for a very long time since I was probably three years old. So almost 20 years. Cause I'm almost 23. Um, but I've been cooking for that long and I learned to cook from my grandma, just following her around, watching her do her thing. And then I watched food network. Like it was my life. Watched it all day long. Um, and I kind of just really enjoyed learning about different cultures and the foods that they eat. And, um, So I grew up Indian. I didn't really have like all the ingredients to make Thai food all the time. So I kind of started modifying what I was making with what I had. So it would be like Indian Thai food or Indian Mexican food. And that's kind of how my grandma cooked, too. Like she would make Mexican food for dinner one night and it would be it would be Mexican food in theory. Like you'd have all the things that Mexican food has like taco night but she'd throw in like a bunch of Indian spices. So then it would kind of have that Indian flair to it. And I really liked it. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna roll with this. And that's kind of how I started to get into cooking was doing my own thing by like combining things. And that's where fusion food kind of was born. And like, I know that it's a big, um, it's starting to become a big trend nowadays. But I think when I started, that's not where I got the idea from or kind of the route that I took it. It's more of like, here's a dish, that I want to make, but I'm going to put my Indian twist onto it with like spices or flavors, if that makes sense.
1: Got it. Okay. All right. That makes sense. This makes sense. And that's cool. Uh, so then how did the, is that how you're tying it into the intuitive cooking side where it's like, this is a theme that I'm going for. And then I'm throwing a different twist on it based off kind my of. background and what I'm used to or whatever.
2: Yeah, kind of. So, um, I also, so I like to cook. I hate cleaning, like doing dishes, cleaning up after afterward. It's like the thing I dread the most. So I also don't measure things for that specific purpose of I don't want to have a bunch of measuring (laughs) things that I have to wash. I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. So I just started to like eyeball measurements, I guess you could say, like I just dump stuff in. I cook by smell, by taste, all that kind of stuff. So I don't necessarily need to measure. Um, And I think that was the whole thing that I was trying to get across to people is that you don't need to follow a recipe in order to be able to make something that tastes good. Because we all go out to eat, we all know when we eat something good, or when something is just, you know, not great. But if you do make something that's not good, you can always adjust it. Like, when I put seasonings in something, it's not always perfect the first time. It's kind of like a trial and error process. Um, so that's kind of where intuitive cooking came about. I don't think that's that very it's cool. I like thing. that. I don't think it's like intuitive eating, like how that's like a very big movement that I've okay. been seeing. Um, but it's similar. Like do what you feel is right based on your experiences is kind of what I'm getting at.
1: Got it. No, 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 That makes a lot of sense. And that's, um, that's very cool. Growing up, my, um, both my parents are really good cooks and my dad, but my dad's on the side of like, throw a bunch of stuff in the bowl and somehow it ends up being amazing. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. <laughs> um, and, um, he makes uh really good, um, like probably my favorite dish he makes is like a lamb curry and he never measures. He just throws a bunch of stuff in there and it's so good. Um, so that's, I like that. Okay. So I was, I obviously I was looking at some of your content and I'm curious mm-hmm. when it comes to kind of crafting the journey that your followers are on and they're engaging with you on, do you, are you taking them? Cause I feel like one of the appeals to, um, to your, you, you know, the uniqueness of your brand and like what you're up to is like doing like the, Hey, here's the experiment. Here's how I changed it. And then here's how it came out versus like a. Um, just of a, you know, here's a quick reel or, you know, in TikTok or whatever on how to do X. Um, Have you thought about incorporating some of those elements or maybe, and maybe you have more beyond like, you know, what I was able to dig into, but I'm curious when it comes, if you've thought about it from that angle.
2: Yeah. So the way I actually come up with recipes is very like spur of the moment. Like I'll be watching TV and some recipe will come down in my head and I'll just like Quickly add it to my notes, and then when I go to plan my content, is when I like sit and look at those notes, and then kind of think about what I actually want that dish to be, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. But then, so then I'll have a general idea of what I want the dish to be. So if it like there's one on my uh, profile, fairly new one, it was uh, blueberry pear crisp. So I had this idea. I was like, okay, I want to put blueberries and pear and make like little crisp thing. Um, But then once I started doing it, I was like, oh, you know what tastes really good? Ginger. Let me like throw some of that in. So it's like a very like it's intuitive in the sense that I just start doing stuff and just think of stuff along the way, which is kind of hard to communicate in like a 30 second reel or TikTok, (laughs) you know. Uh, So usually in my measurements, I'll just put there's a lot of recipes where I have like a rough measurement and then it'll say like, a half cup ish. So like you kind of just adjust. And sometimes I have recipes where there's like no measurements because I haven't, I didn't measure. I just started cooking and just put stuff in the pot and it turned out good. Um, But yeah, one of the things kind of getting back to your question that I do want to do is kind of document the process of how I get to a final recipe that I post. So like that conceptual phase, then me actually cooking and like adjusting stuff. I'm just kind of thinking about the best way that I can get that point across in a 30 yeah. second video.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Have you, uh, so what are your thoughts on, you know, in I, to a certain extent, I assume like time and availability comes into it, but mm-hmm. um, but this is the stuff that I love talking about this stuff. So, yeah. right. So like, have you thought about, or, and, or what thoughts have you had relative to doing like a blog for format, right. Which is Typically more common of food related influencing and yeah. in general and content um, and like I had on the podcast um, it was the, I posted as the first episode of this mm-hmm. second season right but it was like a the food blog Cats in the Kitchen and that's how they started that's how they've grown and they they maintain a lot of their content via that way. And they'll do obviously photos and things like that, but they actually haven't done the short-term video. They talked about in the podcast, we talked about them maybe pursuing that a bit this year, uh, but she's pregnant now. So like, I'm sure that their time's being yeah. uh, taken up with things, but I'm curious, like what your thoughts are on, on the blog side of things. And if you want to do that, if you feel like that's a distraction from getting, you know, better and better at the content on TikTok and Instagram, and like what your thoughts are.
2: Um, So a blog is definitely coming. It's in the works. It's just so since I'm a designer, when I design (laughs) things for myself, it takes way longer because I'm very nitpicky about it. And like, I think that it could be better than it is, even though it might be the best that it could be. I don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes any sense, but that's kind of what is in my head, but it is in the works. And one of my goals for this year is to get that up probably by like July is my goals where I'm shooting for. Um, but the one thing that I know that I don't want to do is put the whole, I don't need, I don't want like the like six paragraphs before the recipe.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Talking about like, how <laughs> well, that's I
1: where that's I feel like you might have a unique, you, you, you have the opportunity to have like a unique take even on that as a format. Right. Because instead of having mm-hmm. to like make up some story about your grandma or whatever, yeah. but and, and not against your grandma. I mean, like in general, like, this is what people do. Yeah. Right. But instead of having to do that, like you can actually, those six paragraphs, quote unquote, can actually be part of the process of you like saying, here's the process. I was literally watching TV when this thought came to my head and then yeah. blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you have it, like you almost have the genuine component of that baked into what you're up to, which is cool.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like I'm, when i said i'm not including the six paragraphs i didn't mean like when you click on a recipe it's just the recipe like i was going to do something along the lines of explaining how i came up with the recipe how it can be adapted because that's one of the things that i do want to teach people is that just because i'm giving you this recipe doesn't mean that you need to follow it blindly like you should be able to adjust it or you know change some stuff like you don't have blueberries okay that's fine like you can use raspberries or you know whatever the case may be and that's something that I want to teach people and I think that having a blog is probably the best way that I can do that.
1: Yeah that makes sense. Um so on the when it comes to do you see I'm curious between Instagram and TikTok do you see different forms of engagement or is it same type of engagement and interaction, but different, you know, different audiences, or maybe it's the same audience across platforms being, you know, super supportive. What's, what's like the interaction like on TikTok versus Instagram?
2: Yeah. So I know that TikTok is supposed to be the way that you like go viral and it's like supposedly so easy. I have not had that experience (laughs) like at all. I started the TikTok It was doing okay then I like got busy stopped doing it then I started up again and I was getting like 20 views on all my videos like it was horrible so then I thought that like there was something wrong with my account I deleted that account I started a whole nother account and it did okay like one of my videos did very well and then it's slowly like declined and now I'm sitting at like roughly 100 views but like The watch time is super low. Like, it's very, it's very strange. So like the whole idea of like, you can go viral on TikTok. I have no idea how it works. Like, I just don't understand. Um, But in terms of engagement, I do think that I prefer Instagram just because I know it's not about numbers, but like, it's really like encouraging when people watch your stuff (laughs) and like your stuff versus when nobody's watching it, you know? Um, so I've had better experience on Instagram. And I think on Instagram you build a sort of community that you don't get on TikTok just because at least when I scroll on TikTok, I'm not going to that like following page. I just stick on the for you page and whatever comes up, I watch that. Versus on Instagram, you see the stuff that from the people that you follow and you see related things. So it you get a little bit of both. But um Yeah. In terms of engagement, I think when you have that community, it definitely helps because then you're building this like group of people that care about the type of content that you're doing versus just they're just scrolling and finding your video. And it may be cool. It might not be like, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and it's like, it's, but I would feel like it would be hard, especially with something like a recipe where it's, you know, mm-hmm. a recipe is only going to appeal to a specific people. So even if they end up liking it or seeing it or watching the whole thing, the virality of it is going to be truncated by the inability for someone else to, that they're, even their friend might not care, right? Because it's, right. it's more specific to the individual. Um, hmm. So are you, what sort of like strategy or how are you approaching strategy when it comes to the content? You know, uh, I'll say the content, Structure, and then I'm curious. You know, I'm, I'm curious about the creation side of it as well. But I'm cur- we'll start with the structure. So, like, what's your content structure in terms of like posting and alternating photos versus you know reels or whatever? What's and and how has that changed over the last couple months? Because I assume it. You know, there's been some you know growth and you know development there.
2: Yeah. So I have been trying a couple different things. When I started, I was posting reels only and I stopped posting photos because when I first started my Instagram, I was doing just photos and then reels became a thing. So I started doing reels and I stopped taking pictures completely. But then I realized I missed taking pictures of my food and because I was so focused on this video thing. Um, so now I've transitioned into doing both. So I will do the reel, take the video and then throughout that process, I will also take photos, which I typically add to my story. That's a very recent thing that i've started doing is kind of like the process of making the food and that goes on my story and then um i also experimented with like putting a little blurb before the recipe in the caption of the reel which that is a lot because it's a lot of content that goes in like a small amount of space so what i've started doing is to post the final picture onto my like my grid feed and put the little blurb there and then direct people to go watch the reel where it has the recipe because I do think that watching a video of someone doing something is helpful if you have never done it before. Like reading a recipe is one thing, but watching someone make the actual food is a completely different thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: that's kind of how I've lumped it together. Um so that's kind of been my strategy right now. I don't know if it's going to stick. Where I'm just trying stuff and then try it for a couple weeks, see how it does and then adjust.
1: And how often are you posting? Like I was looking at the consistency and it seemed like you were doing at least twice a week, but sometimes it was three. <laughs> I think there was one week where you did four. Is that, is that part of the testing piece or is that just based on availability? What's the the deal there?
2: Um, so before December, I want to say it was, uh, I'm going to post two to three times a week. And that would depend on like what day that I had like, some time to get a post up. But then in December I started doing every other day because that was a reasonable amount of content that I could create and be consistent with. So that's what I've been doing since December and I'm actually really proud of myself because that has been consistent for this is the third month I think started the third month of that.
1: Nice, that's awesome. Yeah. And on the content itself, what right now you you do a lot of like filming close-up right which i assume you have mm-hmm. like your left hand you know as you're measuring with your right hand or pouring with your right hand or whatever yeah is are you planning on maintaining that kind of close-up um imagery or do you want to do like a you know horizontal camera um where you're you know filming yourself like in the kitchen do you want to do content like that like oh that's almost more like youtubey type content but mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. like what's the, you know, I, you could still do it vertically, I guess, for, um, for the aspect ratio, but yeah. you know, it, do you want to film that kind of content or do you like the, you know, more close up? And I think part of the reason I'm asking is when I think about building community and like building a following is like, people always care about who's behind the camera. And like I was watching, I've been watching a content creator the last, um, Uh, the last couple of days and, you know, everyone, even though like what they do has nothing to do with like what they wear, like that's one of the number one questions to get. Like, Oh, where'd you get your vest? Where'd you get your hat? You know, (laughs) like people care about the individual so much. So I'm curious, like what your thoughts are there.
2: Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you like took a look at it, but there was a one series I did. I did like a microwave meal series where I did go on camera and like try the food. And that was the first time that I did that. It was very interesting um i i didn't hate it and i was like i can get on camera i can cook like that would be fun totally open to that but right now i live in a studio apartment and so my kitchen is literally just like against a wall so filming with myself in the camera does not work like it looks terrible um so when i moved my next apartment which i already i signed a lease everything's good that content will be coming where I'm in the video because I do I do like the variety of close-up shots and then like being on camera. And I do think, like you said, it does help build community. So I, one of the things I'm doing just because I can't post a reel with myself in it is to try and show up on stories more. So that's been a goal that I've been trying to get into. Um, also difficult just because like, that's another piece that you have to sit and like, Plan out and think through.
1: Um, yep. So yeah. Yeah, I, I totally relate. I'm I my uh my social media gal who helps me with the the candle stuff. Um, she's always like asking me for like more videos of like myself mm-hmm. doing things, and I'm always like, ah, I just like you know, all right, now I can't wear a torn shirt or whatever. It's like I have to wear a nice shirt. It's like oh, it's like this angle doesn't work because you know yeah. I've got a whole bunch of camping stuff in my living room from the weekend, and it's just like stuff like that all the time. And yeah. it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's annoying. That's cool though that you, uh, are planning on tackling it. Cause like I know is like eyes like a fresh, you know, fresh pair of eyes. Like the first thing I mm-hmm. did is scroll through the feed, like looking for like a picture of you, like who is this person? Like I don't know who this person yep. is. Right. And, you know, like, wh- you know, looking at the captions to try and figure out like, all right, what do they do? Like what's the perspective on what they're mm-hmm. doing? And like, you know, I want to learn like about this person. I think that's like a very, um, it's interesting that, you know, I think people to a certain extent t- think uh, there's conversation in the content world about people getting away from that, Like right? People like will bring up content creators like um, um, Corpse Husband or whatever, who's like a major streamer, right? And it's like, it's just an avatar and they've, there's a bunch of avatar streamers now and things like that where it's like not the real person. But at the same time, like people are attaching a personality and a background to those entities, And, um, and so like, I think it's still important. I think, especially when you're growing and you're smaller, it's like people like wanting to be supportive, become your super fan. Um, so it's interesting. Um, huh. Okay. So then when you're in terms of posting two to three times a week or whatever, is that based on like just you deciding to test to do one more post this week? Or is that based on any specific research or best practice? Like what's the, what, what's the driving reason or thought behind that?
2: It's mostly just been, um, I always hear the thing of just be consistent. That was, um, my new year's resolution. I just picked a word and it was consistency in all areas of my life. But when I sat down and decided to do every other day, I just realistically thought how many recipes can I come up with? Can I film? without being overwhelmed every single month um and i landed on every other day i don't there was really no rhyme or reason behind it i think i mean i could have done every two days but i felt like when i didn't post like every other day i was like losing out on making connections with people and like getting myself out there
0: Mm
2: -hmm. i'm not saying that every other day is going to be the norm forever because obviously things will happen in my life where that won't be like, I won't be able to do that realistically. Um, but for now it works. So I've just been rolling with it. So I I guess, does that answer your question? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. no, I was just, um, I was just curious. I, you know, I think some people go on the they'll take the tack of like, all right, I posted one time a week for X a number of days or months or whatever. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to test out two times a week or whatever. So I was just curious, like where it came from. And it makes sense. Um, I, I like the approach of like, all right, what can I do realistically based on where I'm at now to where a, I'm not being overwhelmed, but B I am being at least consistent with it. Cause like, you know, once a month, for instance, wouldn't really count as consistent, even if it was, yeah. you know, every single month. So, um, so that's, I like that. Um So, okay. So then, in what ways has this experience been and like this process, like, in what ways has it been challenging to you?
2: It's definitely challenging because I balance doing content creation, running my Instagram, um, and maintaining a full time job and having a social life and taking care of myself. Like, there's a lot of things like. I thought that college was difficult doing, you know, having class, you know, having social life, doing all that. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait to get a job and I'll have so much more free time. But just because I have all this free time in the evening does not mean that I'm like actually free because the evening and the weekend is when I do all my filming and all my editing and like all of that stuff. And I think it was definitely a challenge when I started to do the reels because I had to learn how to, how to film, how to cook and film, like how to make it look good and not terrible. Because like sometimes when you're cooking, like the middle stage of whatever you're making, it does not look appetizing. Like it just looks like mush and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just how it is. But you need to make that appealing to people. Like somehow you have to figure out like, can I change the light a little bit to make the colors look like how they do in person versus on camera? Like, so there was a lot that I had to learn because I had never done anything with video. Like it was very like photography only thing that I was doing. And that's so much easier because the entire cooking process doesn't matter. Like what I'm doing while I'm cooking doesn't matter. Like if I spend an extra two seconds scraping a bowl out, it's fine. Like no one's seeing that, but, when you're filming that, you need to like keep in mind, like, how long is this taking? Like, how long is this clip? Or like, when I'm editing, it's just a lot of stuff that goes into that, that I didn't know before. So it's been like a really good way for me to learn how to video edit and stuff. And I actually find that I really enjoy it, that entire video editing process. But in the beginning, it was really frustrating. And I really I wanted to quit so many times, but I kept pushing myself because I knew that it would get better. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, time management and definitely keeping up with the new stuff. Like reels was new, short form video content was new. There's just so much like newness that just keeps happening. Like once you get settled doing one thing, they'll like change something and then you have to go and learn that new thing. And that's totally fine. I like learning and I think a lot of people do, it's a new challenge, but if you have no idea what you're doing or how to do it, it can be frustrating at the beginning.
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense. What's been the thing you've had the most fun as a result? What's, what's been the one thing that's given you the most joy, um, as a result of the whole experience and process?
2: I think making the friends that I've made, like through social media, like I've met some really cool people that have just found my content or I found their content and then just responding to, you know, their stories or commenting on their posts. And then you start DMing and like giving each other tips and like ideas. I think that's been really rewarding and it keeps you motivated because those people do the same thing or similar thing as you, like they're all in the food space. Even if they're not in the food space, they're like content creators or, you know, they just have, They have insight in their own way, whether they're big or small, like everyone comes to the table with something different and just getting to talk to different people, I think is super, super cool because like, I live in a bubble of the people that I know and people that I'm surrounded with. But then through social media, you meet someone that lives like across the country or across the world or whatever, and then you get their experience. And I just think that's super cool. And that's kind of why I like cooking and doing the fusion thing, because I get to experience other cultures. And that's something that I've always liked, but then taking that same like concept, but applying it to people, is just even better than just eating food.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. How long does it, speaking of the process, how long does it take you to like, kind of from conception to published, you know, posted on Instagram or, or TikTok, how, well, Mm -hmm. like how long does that process take? And is it, it, I I assume sometimes it's maybe shorter, sometimes faster, just based on um, the, you know, creative impulses, but I, in general, in terms of like the actual work that goes into it, like how much Mm -hmm. time is behind each reel?
2: So, like I said, I have just a running list of just food ideas that I come up with. So usually like the last week of the month I'll sit down and like go through that list and pick what I want to make for the next month like how that fits with like what season it is and like holidays and that kind of thing so that I can tailor my content towards that and then I typically try I'm not going to say I do it because I don't but I try to film content two weeks out at least get the like the recipe done in case it doesn't turn out the way that I expected I have to do it again um and then then it just really, like the actual filming process it just really depends on how long the recipe takes. So, if it's gonna take thirty minutes, it usually is like double that time, mostly because I've been filming so much that I know, okay, I need this light here, I need this light here, and I know where my camera goes. Like so I don't have to figure that out all the time just because like I've done so many videos. Uh, But then there's a whole time of day if I film at night versus if I film during the day, I have to fix the light based on that. (laughs) So that's like a little setup process. But then the recipe itself usually just double the amount of time that it takes to make the actual food and then film it on top of that and then add another 15 minutes. So I guess a 30 minute recipe would probably take me an hour and a half, two hours maybe to get all of the content that I need and then editing after that's probably depends on how how much time the raw content is so i'd say a 10 minute 10 minutes of raw content would probably take me 45 minutes to get down to 30 seconds just because a lot of that raw content is just like pushing start and then getting your your like your hand in the right place so you can like dump it really quick you know mm-hmm. um, and then captions and stuff. Usually that stuff is like already in my head. So that doesn't take a super long time. Um, and then again, the recipe, I have that beforehand. So captioning, it's not the longest part. I think the longest part of the process is definitely just filming. And then there's yeah. the whole like motivation piece that goes into that. Where, that was like, my
1: next question. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, was to ask about
1: motivation. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I'm, I plan on making something for dinner. But I have to go to work that day and so I am super enthusiastic about it in the morning and then I'll have a really really busy day at work and all I want to do when I come home is just like sit on the couch and like not film and not cook and just that's what just life um and so when that happens since I do try and film two weeks out that doesn't really affect anything like if I just skip a day of filming I do feel bad that I skipped filming just because like I didn't follow what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I know that I need to take those breaks and like, just like be conscious of how I'm feeling so that I don't get burnt out. Um, but typically I am motivated just because I get to eat the food at the end or someone gets to eat the food. Cause sometimes I just am looking at it for so long that by the time I'm done with it, I don't want to eat it. <laughs> so, you know, It kind of just depends, but lately I've been in a pretty creative mood. So motivation is high right now, but there was last month, just, I was overwhelmed because I had to do way too much in too short of an amount of time. So I was just like forcing myself to do it basically. Mm -hmm. But I do notice that when I want to do it versus when I'm forcing myself for the sake of consistency, the content turns out different. So if I'm motivated, the content is better. I'm more, I'm more interested in like making it look good versus when I'm forcing myself, I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it. And I'm like, whatever, it can be how it is. Yeah. Not a good way to think, but that's just being real.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes you have to do that because life's life. No one, no one feels uh, perfectly happy all the time. So, um, that's, uh, I like that. So you're, you're clearly creative. Do you does like your, do your creative impulses like influence any other things in your life? Do you have other like hobbies or things that you, you know, have this creative impulse in?
2: Yeah. So I'm a designer, so I spend all day designing. Then I come home and what, what kind of, what and kind and of designing
1: it. is it like logo design? Is it like, what are you doing for your company?
2: So right now I do a little bit of everything. I do logo design, I do product design, web design, print design, like for marketing material. Um, just because we have a small design team, so we just we have to do everything.
1: So you guys just, are in house.
2: Yeah. yeah, so we're an okay. in-house product team. So we're on the product team, but we do a lot of the marketing and stuff just because we're so small. Um, gotcha. But what I am interested in is user experience design and web design. So designing for users and digital design. Print design is not really my thing, but I've been doing a lot of it lately. So.
1: Gotcha. So do you you like the UX and front-end development side of things?
2: So I, we have a team of developers, so I usually just pass off my designs to developers, but I do have a software engineering background because I did that for two years in college. Uh, So when I design, I think about it in terms of how it can be developed. And so that's kind of how my brain works. Not all designers' brains work like that, but mine does. So mm-hmm. I kind of have both sides. So I think about it in both ways.
1: Gotcha. Okay. All right. Makes sense. All right. We got a, a little bit on tangent because you're telling me about yeah. creative impulses and other areas of life.
2: Yeah. Um, but so besides cooking and besides my job, I I really like decorating my apartment. Like I'll just do one thing and then this happened a couple of weeks ago. It was like a random Sunday. And I was like looking at my walls and I was like, you know what I need, I need to change this. And so then I like went to the store, bought a bunch of stuff and like spent Saturday after or Sunday. I don't remember what day, whatever I spent that the rest of the afternoon, just like redecorating. I just, I find that fun. I like to change, I like to change things up because I get bored of looking at the same stuff every day, especially when I, I'm home, like working from home and like filming and doing all that. Um, but other than that, I am i don't think I really have time to pursue my other hobbies. Like I was really yeah. into art when I was younger in high school and stuff. And then once I got to college and started doing content and then I got a job that kind of just, I just don't have time for it.
1: Yeah. What, what sorts of things like feel your creativity versus kind of kill it in terms of, just in you know what happens in life
2: um I'd say I'm very fueled by like social interaction which is weird because I'm very introverted and very (laughs) shy but when I do go out with my friends to lunch or you know just like hang out with some friends and we are just like walking around or like you know just talking that really like It makes me energized and then whatever I'm doing with things around me start to inspire me. Like I was at a coffee shop the other day with one of my friends getting coffee and I was just like looking at their menu. I wasn't it had nothing to do with what I wanted to order. I was just looking at it. And all of a sudden, like all of these different ideas of things that I could make that were not related to coffee or tea or like anything that you find at the coffee shop were just like in my head. So um, yeah, just like going out and like changing my environment helps a lot for me. And then things that kind of stifle that creativity is just when I'm tired, when I'm just like overworked and I just need to rest. And usually when that happens, I like, I don't even have the motivation to like move, like to get up off the couch or, you know, do anything. I just want to just like lay or sit. Um, So when that happens, I typically like to get out of that. I usually just, I go on Pinterest a lot. I don't follow um, a ton of food people on my Pinterest. I just follow like art stuff or like, just, I just follow random things that like could spark something, but they're not food related because I feel like when I'm not feeling creative, I don't want to look at the thing that I'm trying to be creative to do. If
1: that makes sense. Yeah, Totally. Um, do you post speaking of Pinterest? I should have brought it up. Do you post on Pinterest as well?
2: Yeah. So I've been sharing this also pretty new. I started this after my Instagram, but I've been posting the the video reels. So they're called idea pins on Pinterest. Okay. So I'll post the, it's the same video that I just post on Pinterest yeah, yeah. and then I will link it to my Instagram. But I started doing this so that I can start kind of just like establishing myself and get used to it for when my blog does launch, then I will be able to start linking to my blog. Oh yeah.
1: Cause you need to be able to pin to it basically as a, for it to be a really helpful. Uh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I've been, I've been seeing and hearing a lot of, um, growth in the Pinterest, um, Mm -hmm. content and influencing side of things. And, um, so, and obviously there's a lot of food related stuff and people go there for those sorts of things. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense about tying it into the blog, especially. Um, okay. Do you? Okay. I wanted to ask. Um, so, like, uh, if, when it comes to, you know, you were, you were saying that you stare at, you know, or you were, you know, looking at the, the menu at the coffee shop and boom, had thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm that way when I like watch shows or movies or whatever. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's like I'll be watching something and I'll like have a total, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if creative, I'm not exactly creative, but um, I'll have a total, you know, spark go off in my head where I'm like, oh, boom, 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 boom. And I'll write, you know, notes down or whatever. It has nothing to do with like what's going on in the show yeah. most of the time or whatever. Um, so do you have that happen? I- I'm curious if you have that happen with like when you're watching stuff as well, or if that's like a different sort of medium for you.
2: It, the same thing happens. I will like, it's not all the time, but it does happen. And when it does happen, I can't stop it. Like it'll just be even if it's like an hour long show that I'm watching, it will just be that constant hour. I will not even be paying attention to the show because the ideas just start going. And then I'm focused on that and the show is just background noise. So yeah, that does happen.
1: How do you, um, how do you keep like those sorts of ideas organized and whatnot? Because like I always am having trouble. It's like part of me wants to write it down, but every time I write it down, I then like stop thinking about it. It's like most of the time I have to like, not write it down, so it stays in my brain. And then once I'm like mm-hmm. done processing it, then I can write it down. But then often there'll be times where like I have a brilliant thought, quote unquote, and you know, and uh, you know, then I forget about what the thought was, and I didn't write it down. So I'm like, dang it, I had this happen like two nights ago. I was like, right before I fell asleep, I was like, oh, I've got a really good idea. You know, fell asleep, I was like, forgot it. You know, <laughs> so yeah. like, do you have a system, an organized system for how you process that at all, or process those thoughts?
2: Yeah. So I will not remember anything for more than two minutes if I don't write it down. (laughs) So I use the notes on my phone. There's separate notes. So if it's a food idea, like a recipe idea, it goes into one note. And then if it's just like an overall like content idea, like something that can't be a recipe, but something that I still want to share, like something quicker. And I'm like, oh, this would be a good like story thing to talk about then it goes into a separate list and that separate list also has like an idea for like a series that I want to start but the series doesn't necessarily have recipes in it so when I did the microwave meals idea that series that was just I'm going to make a series with just meals you can make in your microwave I had no idea what the meals were I just knew that I thought that that was a good idea And then I don't forget about them necessarily. Like I forget about them in the moment, but since I do like schedule that week to just think through the content for the next month, that's when I go back and revisit that. So I'm constantly looking at it and like changing it. And since they're all the same note, like there's only two notes that I use, I'm looking at it anytime I have an idea and like scrolling through it or you know taking a minute to just refresh myself to make sure I'm not writing the same thing twice or something that's too similar.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that makes. They're sense. not
2: super organized. Like, okay. there's not. It's just notes, bullet do you, points.
1: Are, are like most of your creative thoughts and whatever tied to food related things, or could it be an art related thing, or a decoration related thing, or like whatever else? Um, or are they like vast majority on something food related?
2: Um, I do have like random ideas. Like, if I see something on Pinterest, or you know you know, when I'm scrolling, I'll like save it if it has to do with something else. But those things don't typically go in my notes, unless they're things that I'm actively thinking about. Like when I was moving after college, a lot of what I was thinking about was how I was going to like decorate my space, like, you know, make it look cool. And so during that period of time, what I would be thinking about and what I would be saving and like writing down was just ideas related to like home decor, rather than food. So I guess it just depends what is going on and what I need to be thinking about.
1: Okay. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I wanted to ask um, what, um, uh, wh- wh- why Nebraska? I've, I don't think I've even ever talked to somebody from Nebraska. Um, and so I'm curious. Um, and yeah, I'm just curious. Like, what's in Nebraska? Why Nebraska? Is Nebraska so, awesome? Should I come visit?
2: <laughs> if you want to come visit, that's totally cool. I'll be your tour guide. I don't know that much stuff that's around here. I've been here, went to college here, but okay. just like you, I had never talked to anybody from Nebraska. I honestly didn't even know that Nebraska was a place <laughs> before I came to college. Someone told me about it and they're like, you should apply to Nebraska. And I'm like, where is that? Like, where, I, I Where did you grow up? I grew up in Chicago. Okay, so this okay. is very different. I lived in Chicago <laughs> my whole life, Okay, like 20 minutes from the city too. So I was always down there. And when I came here, I was like, wow, this is real different, but I wanted something different when I came to college. Like I knew that I did not want to stay anywhere near where I was, even mm-hmm. though I love Chicago. So then I came to Nebraska, went to school here. And then after I graduated, it was last year. So COVID was still around and it wasn't like things were still uncertain and I knew that I didn't want to move back home. Like I was like, I'm getting a job and I'm moving out. Like that is (laughs) what I want, what I need. Um, And it was really hard to get a job anywhere else because Mm -hmm. one, I went to school in Nebraska and not (laughs) many people know what that is. So like applying to jobs on the East coast was difficult because like, they were like, they basically like throw my resume out because they're like, Mm -hmm. you went to Nebraska. I don't even know what that is.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so it was easier to find a job here because the companies around here know the school. They have relationships to the school and like all that stuff. I'm not staying here forever. If like that's something I know. I'm probably gonna leave within the next year or so. That's something that was a goal. Like I knew I wanted to stay here just to get my feet wet in like the working world. And then I was gonna move to the East Coast, which is where I want to end up. Where
1: on the where on but the yeah. East Coast?
2: i'm thinking boston or philly
0: okay. okay
2: never been never been to boston but something about it since i was little has always just like <laughs> kind of spoken to me i guess mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna i'm gonna let that kind of take me where it wherever it goes
1: gotcha yeah i haven't been to boston i mean i'm on the east coast i've been in dc mm-hmm. for almost 10 years now um but I haven't been to Boston, but I remotely managed an office. One of the offices that I was managing um, was in there or up there. And, um, so I, and so I knew a number of people that lived in the area. And um, it definitely seems like a cool city. Um, and it seemed like it strikes, a, it seemed from afar, obviously, that it struck a good balance or has struck a good balance between being like a big city, but kind of mm-hmm. maintaining the low rise and kind of nice aesthetic of the area. Um, which I, i personally find appealing, um, just in general and then, um, weather wise, like, it seems like you get some really nice weather and then you get like a lot of snow too, which I mean, I like, I like the balance that that doesn't bother me. You're from Chicago. You'll be fine. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'll be good.
1: So, um, so yeah. Okay. And I don't know very much about Philly. So, um, but
2: I think I've only been there like once, Okay, but that's like my backup. Boston is definitely like number one. And are you gonna to have to
1: switch jobs to do that or are you able to work remotely?
2: I think it depends I think I think I can work remote like we we do have some remote employees at my company I think it just depends on like your position and like um, the need for you like if you if you can work remote, I guess I don't know i do I am looking to switch jobs soon though because I'm I think as a creative person, as a designer, it's very common to want to switch roles every few years, just because you want a new challenge and you don't want to get stuck in that, like doing the same thing every day and you want to keep pushing yourself creatively. Yeah. So I do think that I will, if not- I think it's also really hard to get
1: promoted within kind of the graphic design side of things, because unless your trajectory is to become- a director of marketing or whatever, which has to mm-hmm. pertains to like a whole bunch of other stuff, which you might be interested in, which one might be interested in. But if you mm-hmm. like really enjoy the creative stuff, it becomes the same um, at, yeah. at a single company pretty, pretty easily. And usually yeah. they're like, they, they already have people in those upper positions. So like, there's not really a place to go, especially in a smart mm-hmm. company. So yep. um, are you, do you want to like, do you want to stay with the, the graphic design and like, you know, the UX design side of things? Or do you see that as like a, hey, keep the wheels on the wagon. You know, hey, if this blog takes off, like that's way cooler. Or do you enjoy it enough to where you're like, no, like this is my career. And then I also do this other thing as like, you know, a serious, you know, side business.
2: It's definitely more of the, this is just getting me along. And then <laughs> okay. once I can, once I can take care of myself, with my blog and my content creation and all that, then I will definitely be leaving that because I feel like I do, I enjoy the creative side of graphic design and visual design and all that kind of stuff. I just think that by the time I'm done having my full-time job, I don't have as much energy to put into this side hustle, I guess you can call it. Yeah. And I, if I could have it my way, I would put all my energy into this. Because I still, like, I still am scratching that itch of design with, like, creating stories and creating, like, all my pictures and staging pictures and doing all of that. Like, that scratching that itch that I have to do design, it's just by the time I get to that point in the day, I don't have any energy left to do that to the full extent.
1: Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing, like, freelance work for, like, 20 hours a week or whatever as, like, an Mm -hmm. offset? Or like an easier offset or something like that?
2: Yeah. So I did freelance a lot in college, especially okay. like my junior, senior year. I did. I took on a lot of freelance projects. I didn't like it as much as I thought that I would Interesting, because there's no structure. Like yep. it's very much I have to do all of the work. So it basically became school, freelance, and then content. And then it, and with freelance comes the whole like managing my business, because when you freelance, you are a business, you're selling your services. And it became a I need to market, I need to do the actual work, I need to find clients, I have to do this all by myself. And that got really overwhelming. And so I just started to not like it. Like I like having the stability of having a job where I just go in every day, this is what I need to do. Someone's telling me, okay, these are the things that we need to get done to move our products forward. You just have to make it look nice and like think through all of the user experience and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't, it's not, I need to go seek out all of these things. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, that
1: def- definitely makes sense. Um, okay. Last question. What do you mm-hmm. do that's not food related for fun?
2: I'm very into traveling. And like, I know you said not food related, but (laughs) a part of why I like traveling is because I like to eat different foods, not even like make them. I just love to just try different things that I haven't tried Mm -hmm. and kind of tying into that. I, I'm a vegetarian. So when I go traveling places, it becomes this like fun little challenge of like finding good vegetarian food. That's not salad. And I have nothing against salad. I just think that people, when they think of vegetarian food they think of salad and that's not what I think of but it's just it's like a game to me like I'm gonna go to you know wherever I'm gonna go and my goal out of this trip is to look at all the pretty things and like experience all that but seek out the best food that I can find because obviously I have to eat so that's kind of why I like
1: where's um where where, where's like the best vegetarian food when you've traveled Where, where is it
2: So in the country or not in the country,
1: whatever, it's the best. It's not the location doesn't matter. It's the best vegetarian food.
2: I think Greece, I I, like, I went to Greece in high school. It, they just have so many like options, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like you can eat all of the food that's in Greece basically, but make it vegetarian and the flavor is there. Like everything is the same. And that's what I like. I like when you can go to a place and like, get the like full experience of their cuisine without like losing out just because like you don't eat a certain thing
1: yeah that makes sense um I'm curious I, I wanted to ask but I didn't want to like assume no go for it um so why why vegetarian like what's the what why why did you choose to why did you choose and or why did you have to whatever it is be vegetarian
2: so I grew up vegetarian I'm I'm a Hindu Indian. So we grew up vegetarian, but my family, my parents were very open to the idea of us eating meat. Like my brother eats meat. So does my dad, my mom used to, um, so they never like,
1: so I'm uneducated on this. I didn't realize is, is being vegetarian or not eating meat, a component of Hinduism.
2: It depends on how strict you are. Like, um, so like I said, my brother, my dad eat meat. Um, yeah, they, I think with Hinduism, it's more just cows are very sacred. So beef is like a no, no, (laughs) Um, but in terms of just like, like chicken, all that kind of stuff, I think it just depends on how strict you are. Um, I'm not like, I'm not super educated on that. I just know that like my family doesn't do it. Most people that I know don't eat meat, but, um, so my parents were very open to the idea of us eating meat. They didn't really care. They said, do, if you want to, you can, you are not going to force you. Okay. Um, yeah. so I did actually eat meat for a couple of years, but it, it didn't make me feel very good. Like I would get sick every time I ate it. And the only thing I really ate was chicken. Um, okay. it just didn't make me feel good. And so I stopped eating it and haven't gone back since. So that was okay. probably when I was in like middle school. So a long time ago.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I feel like usually people, at least all the people I've ever interacted with that, like were vegetarian or, you know, quote unquote vegetarian, but they ate fish mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, you know, their, yeah. their theme on take on it was, um, it, it was always like more like decision based versus like, a or, uh, from their perspective, like specifically morally based and mm-hmm. versus kind of, a um, it sounds like you're, you are more on the, eh, just didn't settle with me. And so I do it this way. Um, which yeah. is, which is cool. And interesting. I know my sister yeah. my, one of my, I have a, um, a big family, but one of my sisters, um, like, yeah, she kind of has the same thing she'll, she'll, she'll like eat meat. She's like, ah, I have to like do a really small portion or whatever. It just, I don't mm-hmm. feel as good after, which is interesting. Cause it's, um, um, I, you know, I don't, I, I obviously it's genetic, I assume, but it's kind of interesting that, you know, different people react so differently to different types of food and stuff. It's,
0: yep it's, for um, sure.
1: Yeah. it's cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mira. This was really cool. I, uh, I haven't had a conversation like, uh, quite like this one, um, uh, before, certainly not on the podcast. And so it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and like, I feel like we dove in and we hit it off like right away, which is cool.
2: Yeah, definitely. It was really fun. This was my first podcast actually. So
1: you're a pro. It was you're a very pro.
2: interesting. Awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun. Cool. And, um, I'll, uh, I'll put, you know, obviously I'll put like your stuff and whatnot down Mm -hmm. below in the description people can, uh, can come find you and check you out. And I'll like usually do like a screen record video or something. So, Mm -hmm. and I'll post on my Insta and then I'll tag you and you can reshare it if you want. Um, and yeah, let me know if you have any, uh, constructive or critical feedback, um, that would, uh, help me make me better. So,
2: (laughs) yeah, totally. No, this was super cool. I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, First podcast, I don't know what to do. I guess I'm yeah. just gonna
1: talk. Yeah, people like want. I've I've run into this thing um, where people want to, um, you know, people will want to like me to give them like a you know list of questions or whatever mm-hmm. so they can prepare. But the conversation always ends up not really following that and or not being as organic. And so like mm-hmm. I did some notes and stuff just to like kind of keep my you know my brain organized slash like we hadn't interacted. So I was like, all right, better do a little bit of background and things like that. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, this was very smooth. You were awesome. And uh, I'm excited to, I'm excited yeah. to see what happens with everything. So
2: it's cool. Yeah. Same. I can't wait to listen to it. I don't really like hearing myself talk, but I feel like I want to know what I said. Cause in the moment of when you're talking to someone, you don't really, you're like thinking about what you're saying. But then when you finish, you're like, I have no idea what it talked about. At least that's how I am. So <laughs> I, hear I hear you. I hear
1: you. I can too. be the same way. It takes me like a day or two to remember what I said or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, everything's flowed very well. And, awesome. uh, well, uh, I'll, uh, send you a, uh, well, we should get it up this week. Um,
2: awesome. this, maybe cool. even the
1: weekend. So you'll, uh, you won't cool. have to wait too long. <laughs> Sweet. Right. Well, thank you thank so you. much
2: for having me as a guest.
1: Absolutely. Have a great rest of your evening, and uh, good luck with the content this weekend.
2: You too. Thank you. All right. Take care.